Greetings, greetings, greetings and salutations one and all. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the night shift. How you doing? How you doing? How you doing? It's a brand new week right here on the night shift to DJ Kevin Steele. Tonight we do a thing we call community and finance. Say big ups to everybody locked in right now. Greetings and salutations to each and everyone locked in right now. Those tuning on tuning radio, the night shift to DJ Kevin Stew. Those on One Harmony Radio out of the UK, top of the morning to you. All those who are locked in on NIE Radio out of New Jersey. Their neighbors, island worldwide. Out of New York, want to say big ups to you guys up there. I'm sure things are nicing up in New York, temperature-wise. I haven't checked it recently. I want to say big ups to those who are locked in on WGLRO out of Texas. Sweet, 
WGLR is home of the Donnie Walker Morning Show. Taking you from the sheets to the streets. I want to say big ups to those on ClintonLindsay.com, the Foundation Radio Network. Those locked in on Oliwap and Dusik Media Group. Big ups, big ups to you. Those watching on PEMGTV.com. Big ups to all my neighbors. Yeah, man, come on over. Invite him to call a friend, tell a friend. Call an enemy, call friends of your enemies and enemies of your friends. It's a night shift to DJ Kevin Stew, community and finance night. I want to say big up to those who are locked in on Facebook Live. Share, share, share. Tell everybody, come on over here. Before we get into the meat of the matter, I want to take a moment and say thank you to my segment sponsors. Thank you, Paul C Media Group, when being in the moment is priceless. For innovative streaming and recording solutions, you want to give them a call. They can handle and take care of everything that you want stream-wise. You have an event you want to stream live? Church service, funeral, graduation, seminar, party, you name it. They can handle that for you. Give them a call, 754-999-6020 or check them out on paulcmg.com. They can even put your stream on your website. Yeah, man, tell them DJ Kevin Stewart sent you. I want to say thank you to Althea and her healing heavenly hands. Althea is a licensed massage therapist. 20 years of experience. And she comes to you with her table, her oils. Healing heavenly hands, of course. And she comes COVID free. And she'd like to leave that way. So if you're in Broad County, North Miami-Dade and South Palm Beach counties, give her a call. 954-655-9000. You can also email her at theolator.att.net. And I'll say congratulations again, Althea, on your personal training certification. So you see, I, I have it real good right about now. My massage therapist it can be my fitness trainer. And when I'm aching in pain, she can massage it out. Go ahead and see if she can hook you up. I want to say thanks to Reggae Global Entertainment too. Reggae Global can take care of your bookings, handle your tour management, take care of your publishing. Your business registration, legal service referrals, music production, marketing and promotion, and more. Give them a call, 954-998-8034. Or visit them online, reggaeglobalentertainment.com. 
Also, I want to say thank you to gmapmusicsolutions.com. GMAP Music Solutions brings your events to life. Providing sound, light, and stage production services, musical equipment, PA systems, audio engineers, DJs, bands, musicians, singers, and more. Give them a call, 754-307-GMAC. That's 754-307-4622. Or check them out online, gmapmusicsolutions.com. The zone of Shelly Sweet Shells. Yeah, it's my neighbor, you know. She lives right here in South Florida. That makes her my neighbor. On the line, holding things down tonight, I have a new neighbor. No, it's not a new neighbor, you know. It's a neighbor I recently met. So it's not a new neighbor. I just recently met them. So coming out of the house down the street, that Lauder Hill Police Department, that house, is my neighbor. I'd like to introduce to you, ladies and gentlemen, the man of the moment, Detective Richard Clark. Detective, you hearing me? Hello. Uh, there you are. How are you, sir? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. Loud and clear. Are you hearing me? Um, yes. Okay, you hearing me now? Oh, I'm hearing you much better now. Ah. Uh, what was happening there? I, I, I don't know, but I'm hearing you loud and clear. I'm hearing you loud and clear too, my brother. Perfect. Everything was fine this past weekend, but, um, you know, that's how the gremlins work. Uh, Detective Richard Clark of the Lauder Hill Police Department. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I, I feel all of a sudden I'm just warm back here in the studio. I, I, I don't know. It, it's a re- it was really cool before, but now it's really warm. Um, thank goodness there are some people in the studio that I can beg to turn on this fan for me. So It must, it I, must be my warm personality. <laughs> you know, I, I think that is what it is, you know. It is your oh, yeah. warm personality that is 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 making things <laughs> different in here because it was it was quite fine. It's a beautiful day in South Florida. Wind, a nice little breeze. If I had a kite I'd fly it kind of a thing. But yes. You know, I, 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 we'll make do. We'll make do. Uh thank you much for coming to hang out with us tonight. And uh, thank you for having me. So, because you're new to the family, I'd like for you to please introduce yourself. Well, uh, as you already know, my name is Richard, Richard Clark. Um, I currently serve with uh, Lauder Hill Police Department. I've been with Lauder Hill uh, for about seven and a half years. I am a detective. I am the uh, fraud investigator for Lauder Hill. Um, my past experience, very briefly, I've had nearly 29 years in police service, um, uh, 16 and a half years in the United Kingdom with the Metropolitan Police Service. 
and five years with the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service and now here in Florida. So let me see, seven years here, 16 years in the UK. Yes, sir, 16 and a half. Okay, 16 and a half in the UK. Can't be sort the half, can't be sort the half. And five in Cayman. Yes, sir. So let me do this math right. So 11, well, 12 between South Florida and Cayman. Yeah. Plus 16 and a half. That's 28 and a half years of policing. Yes, sir. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pays the bills, man. Pays the bills. But apparently it does more than just paying the bills because you're in it after yeah. all, at, growing up to or touching 30 years. Yeah. So, and, and you decided to do it in not just one place. You did it in three different countries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the, the transition was, yeah, it was, it was my choice or my, myself and my family's choice. I mean, the, when I was in the UK, um, the, the decision to move was because primarily uh, the warm weather. Even mm. though I grew up in England, but I always, I grew up in Jamaica. So okay. I always wanted an opportunity to move back to this side of the Atlantic. And that opportunity presented itself in 2005 when the, um, the Cayman Islands Police, which is a British territory, they were looking for experienced officers to join their ranks. Gotcha. And so it was a major decision I made with my wife and um, decided that I would apply and I was successful. Um, I was a detective at the time in the UK um, and the position of a, being a patrol officer was offered and I thought, you know what, I, I, I don't think I'm going to be in patrol that much long, that long. So I applied, I got through and then we, we moved to the Cayman Islands and it was great. Um, back in the Caribbean and I'm still this side of the Atlantic. Nice. Let me, b b before we get into the meat of the matter for tonight. Yeah. In the UK, were you policing with a gun? No. No. So, um, go ahead. No, as a rule, I mean, I, I mean, even to today, um, generally officers don't carry firearms in the UK. I suspect that um, the... The, that that has transitioned over the years since I've left. I mean, I haven't been back. Well, I haven't. I left the the police in two thousand and five. Right. Um, and leading up until then, there were more officers carrying firearms um, in response to the increasing shooting incidents. But as a rule, when I joined in nineteen eighty nine, we had twenty eight thousand officers in the London metropolitan. Um, the when I left it was about thirty thousand and the majority we, we don't carry firearms. So no. what was it like moving from no firearm to well in the Cayman Islands, were you carrying a firearm? Same, same thing in the Cayman Islands. I was I 
use the firearm because I was on the drugs task force in the Cayman. Gotcha. Which you, you'd have to book out a firearm and return it when you finish your, your shift. Oh, um, so okay. We, the drug task force would, would need to be carrying firearms. But as a rule, again, the Cayman Islands police is, again, patterned off the British, British. policing system. So, yeah, they don't carry firearms either as a rule. So now skipping across and coming to the United States. Right. What what what, what was that like moving from uh what was it called None Billy there. Club to <laughs> Baton Baton to Yeah to yeah. the firearm. It was it was a challenge. It was um it was challenging. Um <laughs> I remember when I first was handling the firearm in training school at, um, I was about to say Hendon, that's in England, mm. at the Broward College. Yeah. Um, my, the palms of my hands were always sweating profusely. And uh, I remember the training, the trainer telling me that the gun isn't going to break because it would fall out <laughs> of my hand because I was sweating so much. Trust me. Um, and, they, they, you know, they would, they would be watching me very closely because I was nervous with the firearm. But I am glad to say today I'm very proficient. Um, but, yeah, it, it initially it, it, was, it was a challenge. Got you. I can just imagine. It, it's, it's a little bit of a, a, a twist. You know? It was. Yes, yes. And, and you, you, now you... A bulletproof vest is is a part of a police officer's regular uniform. It is certainly. It is certainly. I mean, that became the case in the UK too, because we you'd have a lot of um, knife knifing incidents, um, stabbings. Oh right. In the UK. So and you would yeah, the vest still does work with those exactly. too. Yes, but those vests were um, made to deal with knives as opposed to bullets. bullets. Right. So there were different type of um, material. Right, right. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for that little that little trip around the globe. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. Now, here you are in South Florida, in a community that is predominantly Caribbean, and african-american yes you what, what what's your role in the police department in lauder hill currently i am a detective and i my crime category is fraud um detectives are assigned crime categories right um you you may have more than one dealing with a particular crime category and um in in my case yes i'm the fraud investigator however we all help each other, so mm -hmm. it overlaps if there's different crime categories we have to deal with, um, but we, we, we all help each other. But my crime category produ predominantly is fraud. Got you. Or exclusively is fraud. Got you. Now, you are, you are here hanging out with us tonight as a little bit of a spin-off from last month's chat with yes. Lieutenant Mike Santiago. And... As always, I want to big up the Lauder Hill Police Department, big up to Chief Stanley um, for 
affording us this opportunity to have this connection. Yes, thank you. Now, so for those who are new, this happens every month. The second Monday of every month, Lauder Hill Police Department is represented in some way, shape, or form right here on the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stewart Community and Finance. Now, this is a spin-off from last month where we were looking at warrants and policing government buildings. And okay. you you were handed the baton, so to speak, to, to carry on a little bit of a discussion as it pertains to warrants. Yes. Now, with you in in specializing in fraud would would the warrant system the, the warrant process from the moment you start to seek the warrant to the moment you 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 serve it yes if you do the serving um is is the process the same regardless of the type of warrant yeah the pro- the process would be the same yes perfect so Walk us through that process, because we know of two incidents in the last two years where officers are serving a warrant and there is gunfire and officers are injured or someone gets injured. Let me let me just say that someone gets injured, whether it is uh, fatally are are not fatally injured but somebody gets injured yes walk us through the process from beginning to end when it comes to 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 warrants warrants please well first and foremost in order to even consider applying for a warrant and let me just explain what a warrant is Mm -hmm. um basically a warrant is a document that is issued to um, it's a legal document that's issued to a government official, which I would be, or a police officer would be, or authorizing the police or some other body to, to make an arrest or to search premises. When I say make an arrest, it means it's an arrest warrant mm-hmm. or to search premises, which means it's a search warrant. Gotcha. And then to carry out those actions, it has to be signed off by a judge. So before you even consider applying for a warrant, either arrest or search, mm-hmm. you have to have probable cause, which means you have to have um, evidence beyond reasonable grounds to affect that arrest or that search. And in, or- in order to have that warrant granted, you have to satisfy the judge with that um, um, probable cause with mm-hmm. reasons for him or her to say, yep, yeah, I'm going to sign off on that warrant. I'm satisfied you have the probable cause. We call it in short PC and they will sign off. So step one is you need probable cause. Okay. Once you establish probable cause, and let's focus on arrest, an arrest warrant. Mm-hmm. Once you establish probable cause to arrest someone, you can't find a person and you just want to um uh have an arrest warrant authorized once you have the probable cause you have to write out what is called an affidavit and it's a sworn affidavit so when you're preparing an arrest warrant 
or application for an arrest warrant, you are what is called the affiant. In other words, you're the person who's applying for the warrant. Gotcha. And you're swearing that the information that you're putting in that warrant to justify it to be signed by a judge is true and correct. So you have what is called an information which details um, all of the circumstances which supports your probable cause. And then you have an affidavit, which is a separate document where you swear that what you're saying in your information is the truth. So it's a very serious um, requirement. Um, and you are expected to obviously give all the information that you uh, think is necessary or to support mm. the application. So once you do that, it has to be signed off by your superior. So I'll be at Lauder Hill PD right. and I'll decide that I have PC to arrest John Brown and um, I'll write out my warrant. I have to have someone at the rank of ma a lieutenant to authorize, to read through it and to review it and say, yep, I'm happy with it. I'm going to sign off on it. Um, and basically, they're just witnessing or si saying that they have read through and they're just supporting uh, the application. Once that's done, you have to give it to a state attorney, uh, assistant state attorney, uh, for him or her to review it. And what he or she will do is satisfy themselves that you have all the legal requirements and the evidence to present that warrant to the judge. Mm. So a state attorney will review and they will determine if you have all the elements necessary uh, for your probable cause. So let's say, for example, um, I let's do the fraud, for example. I may say, I believe John Brown is responsible for stealing the money from an ATM machine. Okay. Um, well, the question would be, how do you know it's John Brown? Mm -hmm. So I need to satisfy the judge that I know it's John Brown. I'm not just saying it's John Brown because I feel it's John Brown or I don't like John Brown or I, I just need someone to arrest. I have to satisfy the judge that John Brown is the person who took the money from the ATM machine. So there's a couple of um, uh, uh, considerations, mm -hmm. evidentially. One, video, video surveillance. Okay. Or two, someone recognized John Brown and said, I saw John Brown. So a witness. A witness. Gotcha. So that, um, even if you have video surveillance, you still have to identify that it's John Brown. So... I can't just look at a video and see John Brown and say, I'm going to get applied for an arrest warrant. I have to have what is called a live witness who can look at the video and say, I recognize that to be John Brown. Okay. So once you have your PC, um, you obviously prepare it and give it to a state attorney. The state attorney satisfies him or herself or reviews it. And then they say, yeah, you're good to go. Then you contact a judge um, and 
you present it to the judge. Now, there's two, one of two ways you can present it to the judge. You can either physically stand before a judge and give the warrant, and he or she will ask, may ask you a couple of questions, and you sign off. He or she will sign off on it, or you can send it to a judge electronically. All right. And, so- and the, the judge can review it and decide, yep, yeah, I'm happy, and sign off. All right. So before you go on from that point, I want to mm-hmm. do. A, I want. I want you to to to. I want to take you back to the first part of this with the yeah. the probable cause. And and before that, I want to say sayonara to those on Facebook Live. Use the link that you see in the comments. It's pinned in the comments. Come on over and join the rest of the family over on PEMG TV, which would be the equivalent of KevinStew.com for now. Um, join in the chat over there. Post your comments there, your questions. Um, also, you can contact through text on 773-789-STU, 773-789-7839. And, of course, there is the chat room. So, Facebook Live deuces to you. Come on over. Use the link in the, in the chat description. And let's we'll continue this there. Until tomorrow, when you get another segment, deuces to you on Facebook Live. All right, so going back to the probable cause. Yes. In getting or in satisfying this probable cause, you said, you, in your example, you gave the, the video, you gave the live witness. Yes. Typically, that is not something that happens just overnight. So you're saying there is some investigative work that goes on in the process and it could take a little bit of time before you get from that first point of being presented with a crime yes. to the point where you're presenting a judge. Well, before you're writing up the warrant. Yes. Now, in this satisfying the probable cause phase then you do this is pretty much where a bunch of the preliminary detective work takes place yes or okay cool so i just wanted to make sure that we have an understanding of that part of it and let me just uh uh, add that to develop probable cause doesn't only require a detective it could be a patrol officer you know um yeah but investigative work has to happen but investigative work has to take place so it could be it could be as short as five ten minutes it could be as long as five ten weeks got you all right i i just wanted to to make sure of the probable cause um, yes. satisfying the probable cause but it doesn't end with the satisfaction of the probable cause because the warrant is there to act, to carry on something more, whether it be, a, well, if it's a search warrant, it is for you to search for more. Um, it's an arrest warrant. It means that you've done some searching. And right. now you have enough proof to make an arrest. Correct. Okay. And cool. let me also add that you have warrantless arrests. So it's not every arrest you need a warrant because you can have probable cause on a street corner and arrest the person without 
having a warrant. Okay, so that that that's that will be getting into another broadcast exactly. in making the arrest, which exactly. we we actually addressed that with Chauncey. Okay, um, Good. did we? I have to think back now. I know we did investigating the scene. Okay, and we touched on on, on arrests in that. Um, in doing an investigation to lead up to an arrest, so we touched on arrests in that. Okay, great. Um, so. Yes, there are warrantless arrests. Because, well, when you, as a police officer, you catch someone in the act of doing something illegal, that yes. warrants an arrest. <laughs> so <laughs> there's not much that needs to be done for that. It, it kind of speaks for itself. Itself, correct. Cool. So you have now presented the judge with your, your warrant for is it at this point is it a warrant or is it an application for a warrant it's an application for a warrant got you but it is described as a warrant but it 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 essentially is an application because the the judge has to approve or authorize it okay. so you're really applying to the judge okay so you you've presented the application to the warrant to the, to the judge whether personally or electronically um yes and more i guess in these times it has been more electronic than personal yes then what then the judge will review it his or her responsibility is to satisfy themselves that it meets all the legal requirements when i say it meets all legal requirements it basically probable cause is established and satisfied. Mm-hmm. Once the judge is satisfied of that, he or she will normally sign off and say, yes, I'm authorizing the search warrant or the arrest warrant. And then he or she will give it back to you. And you, let's, for example, a search warrant you will have, I believe, I think it's uh, yeah, up to 10 days to execute that search warrant. Mm. So, for example, if I have an address, 25 Nomad Land, mm-hmm. and I apply for a search warrant for that address, yes, I have to detail in the search warrant what I'm searching for. You can't just apply for a search warrant open-endedly I'm, I'm searching for anything no you have to be specific um so for example if you're being specific in regards to the probable cause mm-hmm. you have to be specific as to what you are looking for which is linked or directly associated with the probable cause so for example um mr a stabs mr b mm-hmm. mr a runs from the scene and is seen to run into house. And you know, maybe Mr. A is not in the house or maybe he is in the house, but you know you're looking for Mr. A and you're looking for the knife. Right. So the warrant specifically should indicate that you're looking for Mr. A and maybe maybe also Mr. A may be wearing a red shirt, a yellow hat and a pink pants. Colorful so character those, he is. Clothing. So those are distinctive 
type clothing. Right. Um, so you're going to be looking for Mr. A. You're looking for the knife. You're looking for the clothing. Um, I can't remember the colors I just gave you, but you're looking for the clothing. Red shirt. Exactly. Pink pants. Yes. Yellow hat. So, uh, yes. <laughs> so I'm glad you took that down. But, um, <laughs> so basically you're looking for those specific items and that specific person which is which has the nexus with the st- stabbing of Mr. B. Right. So when you when you prepare your search warrant, those are listed in the warrant. You're going to explain to the judge why those are listed in the warrant, why that's in the warrant, why you want those items. And the judge reading that will understand you have probable cause to arrest Mr. A because Mr. A has been identified by Joe Bloggs. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, Joe Bloggs saw Mr. A use the knife. Plus, Mr. B said, he doesn't have to say, Mr. B has stab wounds. He's on the hospital bed and he said, Mr. A stabbed me. So you have that. And mm-hmm. Mr. B says he was wearing XYZ. The witness says XYZ. So all of that has to be put into your warrant. Everything. Oh, okay. So it, it, it satisfies the judge that... Mm-hmm you have conducted as intensive as an investigation as you can, and you have um, provided all the evidence to support the application for that warrant to go to that house and search one for A, Mr. A, and two for all the clothing and the knife. Okay, so... (laughs) This is 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 by no means just a single sheet of paper that is being submitted. A, a simple form that you just fill in the blanks here, here, and here, and pass it on to the state attorney, representative, or the assistant state attorney, um, and get a judge to sign off on it, and then you go about your business. No, and it. T- let me also say, if you don't mind. Um, Sure. I think it's important for the list, our listeners to understand. Sometimes um, you have witnesses who are held at a scene for a very long time, or they feel is a very long time, and they wonder, mm-hmm. why am I still here? Why am I not allowed to leave? Right. Um, and uh, we as police officers have a responsibility, as much as we are allowed to, to let our witnesses, our victims know what we're doing, why we're doing it, without divulging um, information that could compromise the investigation. But at the very least, it's important that we inform our witnesses and victims. And it's important that even our witnesses, sometimes they're sitting there for hours and they don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, it's important that we inform them as to why, why they're there as long. Because a lot of the time, the investigation involves exam, and I'm, I'm diverting a bit, but not very long. But examining mm. a crime scene, looking for evidence, and also a lot of the time it involves maybe applying for a search warrant. So, for example, if there's a car that's involved in a crime, we can't just go into the car and search for a weapon that may have been used. We have to apply for a search warrant. And it takes preparing it, 
gathering all the evidence, pre presenting it before a judge, a judge reading it, maybe two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, read it, or you've got to give it to a state attorney, wake her up, him up, they've got to review it, they say, yeah, get it to the judge, wake him or her up, and, you know, the clock just ticks. But that sometimes takes a while. So this thing that we see on TV where an officer is on a scene and uh, pulls someone over, wants to search their vehicle, they say, that's unless you have a warrant, and they get on the phone. Yes. That, that, that happens in real life? They'll, they'll get on the phone and speak to a colleague and he or she may go to the police department and start typing out a search warrant. But that phone call is going to have to detail why you want that warrant and go into detail as to what you're looking for. And that's where it's important that detectives work in teams and help each other because it's a, it's a lot of moving parts in investigations. Let me also add very quickly, sometimes you may want to search a vehicle and you may have the owner of the vehicle who may say, um, you can search the vehicle and they'll sign a waiver of a search warrant. So in other words, what they'll do is say, um, you don't have to go to the judge to apply for a search warrant. I will give you permission. It's my car and I'm allowing you to, to, to go into the car. So they have to sign a waiver, but they have to understand what it is that they're, they're authorizing the mm. investigator to do. <laughs> That's so like another area to touch on. <laughs> That's another area. But again, so it's always better to get a search warrant signed by a judge because you don't want to open yourself to um, intimidating people or people feeling uh, pressured to allow you to search their whatever. Right. Um, so it's always, we, we always opt for getting a judge to authorize a search of a house, a car, whatever. Okay. So here we are now. We, we, so the thing on TV where a vehicle is pulled over, they ask and they say, and, and the driver or the owner of the vehicle says, you can't do anything without a warrant. Or you go to a house that someone is, a, is suspected of running. I think this is a different scenario. So you're chasing a suspect. Yes. They run into a house. Yes. The owner of the house says, you cannot come in here without a warrant. But while chasing the suspect, they ran, they ran into this house. Can you still go in? There are, they are um, occasions where you will be allowed to go into the house without a warrant. And that, those are what are called uh, exigent circumstances. The, the Florida State statute um, allows very very it's called exigent circumstance mm -hmm. where for example um let me think let's say there is an imminent danger uh to someone in the house uh, -huh. uh let's say i don't know um boyfriend is upset with girlfriend and he he has his gun he says he's gonna kill his girlfriend and the police are informed and before we get we, we we know who he is they and we see him with the gun and he said i'm gonna go and kill her and he runs into the house mm -hmm. and you 
are satisfied that he is going to harm the girlfriend who's in the house, you can go in and break down that door. You can run in and you don't need a warrant because there's there's an imminent threat to someone's life. Gotcha. So th- those that's a, a kind of a, a a stretch of an example, but no, that's well, an, the person the one yeah. the, the example the scenario that I created where you're chasing someone. It could have been someone involved in a, in a in a um in an armed rob- armed robbery, whether it is a weapon related incident, knife yes. or gun, machete even, um whatever, but a weapon is involved. Yes. They're running through a community. They dip into a house. Yes. So you know that it's a violent act that took place that, that led to this chase. Yes. And is, does this fall under, under exigent circumstance? Not necessarily. But I, I would think that would be that clear cut. Not necessarily. Because if, if I'm not sure that there's someone in that house who is in imminent danger or there is evidence that may be destroyed, then I can't just run into the house for that person. I then have to stand back and apply for a warrant, a search warrant to go into that house and get that person. Um, Even though you know for a fact that this person perpetrated this act, this violent act, and is running from you and go into this house? Yeah, because the 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 exigent circumstance that I'm talking about involves any imminent harm or serious injury that's going to be inflicted on someone else. So if the suspect commits a crime outside and then runs into the house and there's no, you're not satisfied that there's someone in the house that may be close to injury or death as a result of the person running the house with a weapon, then you can stand back and control the house because that person is not leaving. And you can get mm. your, get, get everything together. To, that person has barricaded himself in the house. Yes. Then you, you have to, you have to get a, a warrant to go in um, to force your way in to bring him out. Um, but if you believe that there's someone in the house at the time he runs in and there is uh, a, a likelihood of that person uh, sustaining serious injury or loss of life, then you can run in after that person to save that person from being injured seriously or losing his or her life. So that's the exigence. So, or if there is um, evidence that the person is going to destroy, sorry, yeah, evidence that the person is going to destroy having gone into the house, right. you can go in to prevent that. So the exigent circumstances more, is more towards prevention of something you know is imminent, imminently going to take place, whether it be destruction of evidence or loss of life or serious injury to someone else. So if it is someone that is hustling drugs and commits a violent act in a drug deal, 
and dips into this house with the drugs, now you can go in after them because there's a possibility that they may flush the drugs. Correct. Yes. Okay. And that that's that is described as hot pursuit. So there has to be a pursuit. So when I when it says hot pursuit, it don't it doesn't mean warm, it doesn't mean <laughs> cool, it's hot. So it means that it's something that's um right now. So I can't drive up my police car five minutes later and told he ran in the house with drugs and then I'm gonna go in the house. No. It's like I, I, I'm I'm in hot pursuit of the person and he he runs in and I'm following because I have that evidence. So I know. It is the possibility of the evidence being destroyed that makes that pursuit a hot pursuit or so, yes. So and otherwise I, I it's just to, a pursuit. Otherwise it's just a pursuit, yeah. Um I didn't they, even they, know that. So let me, let me, and I, um, I have the benefits of the legal guidelines for the Florida State Statute. If you don't mind, I'll just read not it. Not a problem. Please. It says, it says here, and I'm not cheating, but let me just read it. Um, the courts have recognized two conditions that justify a warrantless entry under this exception. The need to circumvent the destruction of evidence and the need to prevent the loss of life or serious injury. This exception, this exception usually applies when police are pursuing a suspected felon into private property. Mm. Nice. Okay. So that helps. And no, you're not cheating, by the way. You're just, you're just, you're just driving home a point. Okay. <laughs> and that's the legal guidelines in the Florida State Statute. Which, you know, uh, it, it's good yeah. to know that our police officers are, are using these guidelines. Because Yes, we should, yes. Here, here, here's one of, the situ- one of my concerns. Um, and I guess this can happen anywhere. In the two cases that that I have come across in recent times where police officers have entered a premises with a warrant um, where there's injury, one of them was Brianna Taylor. Yes. The other is a young lady in Jacksonville, Florida, by the name of Diamonds Ford. And... Her case is, is pending right now. She's being, um, she's accused of attempted murder on a police officer. Yes. She's lying in bed with her boyfriend and hears someone breaking into the house. Doesn't hear police officer identify themselves and she, is, she shoots at where the noise is coming from. Runs into the bathroom, jumps on the phone, dials 911, and is saying, hey, there's someone breaking into the house, and she's hysterical. Only to hear voices outside the bathroom door saying that this is the police. So, this is why I, I really want to get clarification on the whole 
obtaining a warrant, why you obtain a warrant, and how this warrant is is served. Now, um, I believe this warrant that they were that they had was a search warrant. Yes. Or probably a search. Is there such a thing as a search and arrest warrant? Two in one, or is it yeah, two separate? No. Uh, they're two separate. Okay. So I guess they they probably had both. I need to look at the at the information again. But for those listening on, come next week we'll have someone to talk about that in in its entirety. But um, so here it is, and this is Jacksonville. This is North Florida. So here it is, Jacksonville Sheriff Office. You know they're 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 serving this warrant. Yes. And this happens. Now, what, what would cause officers serving a warrant to not identify themselves? The Florida state statute, as far as I understand, um, requires uh, an officer to give notice of his or her office and the purpose of his or her presence when executing a search warrant. Um, That is in the Florida State Statute again, and I quote, the police officer who is executing a search warrant or effecting an arrest with or without warrant is, in most instances, required to give notice of his, her office, and the purpose of his or her presence. Um, And it goes on to say, Florida courts recognize several exceptions to this announcement requirement, including instances where officers believe that persons within are in imminent peril of bodily harm, or where officers believe that persons within are engaged in activities which indicate that an escape or destruction of evidence is being attempted or would be attempted. So they are generally the rule is the expectation itself. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One mm-hmm. is for your own safety. Um, you need to let someone know, hey, I'm a police officer. I'm here. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm legally granted the authority to be here, open the door. That's what what you're doing. So you want to protect yourself and protect your colleagues. Number two, you also want to protect the individual because you want to give the individual the opportunity to... um, Do the right thing, basically. Exactly, (laughs) do the right thing. You know, you you don't want to... You don't want to start a, a situation that's escalated. You want to give the person opportunity to open the door and let you in because I have a I have a, a search warrant, so that's right. it. But again, it says there are exceptions. So, for example, if you uh, believe that the person is in there with a pound of cocaine, and there's a chance, you don't want to announce yourself um, to give them the opportunity to get rid of the drugs, right? Or announce yourself to give them an opportunity to get rid of or announce yourself when you know the person's in there to give them an opportunity to possibly escape 
Um, so those are uh, exceptions where you really, it is not prudent to announce yourself because the element of surprise is more important than the other option. Okay. So state of Florida says you have to announce yourself. Now, in announcing yourself, in, 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 in most, most cases, in most cases, yes. yeah. In this announcing, can it be say, can it be that you are going to go to the door and knock lightly <laughs> <laughs> and say, um, "This is the police, and we have a warrant," and then wait a few minutes to see if there's a response. Or do you have to go banging on the door and shouting that this is the police and you have a warrant? If you are satisfied that any of those exceptions doesn't apply, mm -hmm. then you announce yourself so that you can be heard clearly that you have a warrant, you're the police, and you want to enter the premises to come and open the door. If those exceptions do not apply. Right. So we're, we're, we're assuming that we don't have to, to, to think of the exceptions. We're going, we're, we're handing, we need to hand, the, hand over this warrant. Um, there's, there's, it's, a, it's a search, well, it's a, I guess it's an arrest warrant. And the probability of the, the, the suspect fleeing is little to none. You have the building right. surrounded. So you announce yourself. In this announcement, does the person yes. have to respond before you go in? Or can you go in after the announcement? Well, well, the reason why you're announcing is for the person to respond to allow you to go in. So you um, get no response, then what? If you get no response, then you can force your way in. Um, you can force your way in. There may be reasons why you don't get a response. Maybe someone's in and they don't want to, they don't want to let you in. They right. don't want to respond to the door or there may be no one at home. Right. Either way you have a search warrant so you can execute it and you can force the door open and go in. If it's just an, war an arrest warrant, no search warrant, you can do oh, the same no thing. Search warrant? Yeah. If, it, if, if it's just an arrest warrant, um, I think you would need to be reasonably satisfied that the person you're looking for is in the house. Got you. And so leading up to an arrest warrant, you may require surveillance of the property. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it may require some covert operation to satisfy yourself that the person lives there may, and is in there. Mm -hmm. um, and if you are satisfied the person's in there, you knock on that door, you announce yourself and there's no answer, you can kick that door in or force that door because you are reasonably satisfied the person's in the house. Okay, so here you have um surveillance needed to take place so this is an arrest warrant that, that, that we're looking at now is there yeah. a timeline that is a, a associated with an arrest warrant similar to, to that of a search warrant no 
because the what the, the arrest warrant is basically saying you're searching for the subject uh, who you have probable cause to arrest. That may take an hour. That may take a week. That may take three. So that arrest warrant is always active until, until the arrest is made. Until the arrest is made. Got you. All right. So, in the case of evidence being destroyed yes. or suspect fleeing in Florida, yes, an officer of the law is required to announce themselves audibly. A whisper, a whisper yeah. announcement doesn't work. I just want clarity. If you have, if you're announcing yourself, then you should be heard. Right. So a whisper can be. You know, I I just want I just want people to understand. You know, you know. So I I I I try to break it down as as simply as possible. Yes, I understand. You know. <laughs> You try to paint me into a corner. No, 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 not no, not not doing that at all. I was trying <laughs> trying to get as as much information that as you are um, allowed to give because and I know that there are things as 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 per processes that mm -hmm. you are not allowed to talk about. Yes, in the execution of a warrant. So I, I'm trying to keep it as general as possible, and and so you know. Um, avoid the painting in a corner kind of an effect <laughs> because let, of let what me, you can share. Let me just say, you know, announcing yourself helps, doesn't, doesn't only serve to help the person inside the house, it also helps me. Right. Because if I announce myself loud enough mm -hmm. that you should hear right, and you don't open that door, and I have to come in and things happen that you don't plan for. Mm -hmm. That's down on you. Right. And also, if neighbors hear the officer announcing himself. Yes. And something happens that you don't want to happen. And the neighbor says, well, I heard Detective Clark announce himself. Right. That helps me. Right. Now, here we go, and the 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 arrest is made, or you you have the warrant. You go to make the arrest, and the person leaves somehow, gets out of that location and goes to another location. <laughs> Does that same warrant carry over? The arrest warrant? So the arrest warrant goes for the person wherever. Yes. The search warrant is specific to a particular property. piece property. of property. Whether it be the, a vehicle or a, a, a specific location. Yes. But let me also add if the person you're looking for, for the arrest warrant, 
is in the property and you know he's in there, you need to get a search warrant. Oh, there were, it can't be just an arrest warrant? You need to get the search warrant for the person in the house. Oh, so you need to have both. So, yeah, I no no. If if you have an arrest warrant for um for me, Richard, Rich for you, yeah. So you have the arrest warrant for me, and I stop you on the street, and I believe it's you, and I do my checks, I satisfy it's you, and I arrest you, and I cuff you, and you're gone. Right. That's the execution of the arrest warrant on you. Right. If you're in a house and I believe I have an arrest warrant for you, um, I can knock on the door and I can say to the person on the door, I know that you're in the house. I have an arrest warrant for you. And you say, you're not coming in. You're not, you're not, you're not taking my son tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to step back and apply for a search warrant. So I have to make sure that house is secure, that you can't leave that house because I know you're in there. And I have to go back to a judge and apply for an, a search warrant. Because that is to allow me to go into the house to find that person. Got you. Now, uh, let, me, let, me, let me put a couple more flies into this ointment. An uh, apartment building. Yeah. The search warrant is for the a specific unit within that building only? Or is it for that building and all the units in that building? So when you say units, you mean like condominiums or apartments? Yeah. Okay. No, it has to be for that specific unit. So you can't have... Yeah, it, it has to be for that specific. So if you go into a, a, a complex with... 50 units yeah it, it, the warrant isn't for the 50 units it's for the specific unit you believe your evidence is in or you're satisfied your evidence is in or your person is in i'm thinking criminals are gonna have are having a field day with 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 information like this uh, i'm sorry <laughs> well <laughs> because I, I feel bad now getting all this information out because me as a as a criminal, I'm going to think, you know, if I'm in an apartment complex, I'm going to make sure that I have a I have friends in a few units or our colleagues, cronies, whomever, in a few units. So you 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 come with a warrant for unit A and I'm in, in unit two A and I have friends in five C I can find a way to, to, to screech you and come out of that unit and run up to 5A and chill out, 5C and chill out. Because you don't have a warrant for that unit. Yeah, that's correct. With, with all of this, we have to respect um, the rights of every individual, every citizen. Yes. Um, so we can't just willingly go into properties because we have a hunch that you've moved in from unit A to unit C. I mean, we have to be satisfied um, that you're in the unit that we're applying for that search warrant for. 
Um, listen, we have we have all the time, you know. We will we will do what we need to do mm. and follow the law. Yeah, and we will do what we have to do to ensure that people are brought to justice. Right. Um, as you said, you talk about criminals. Um, obviously, um, they choose a certain way of life and um, they do what they feel they need to do to avoid um, justice. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are sworn officers of the law and we will ensure that as much as possible that justice is brought um, to those who, you know, commit offenses and hurt law-abiding citizens, and we will we will continue to do that. So, yeah, we one of the things we, we, we have to do. One of the things I really like what you said is you still respect the the the, the rights of an individual, even if they're um, accused of, of of committing a crime, and as such. There are certain liberties that you won't take in executing no. a warrant. No, we and, should not. And 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 I I really respect that. For those that do it. <laughs> yeah. Because we don't yes. there 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 are some eager officers that, you know, may toe the line just a little bit too much on the other side of the line. But in in let's say justification of what is good let's put it that way so it's 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 a not so justified means to a good end and i'm not saying that the officers are bad people right i'm just saying that it it in your line of work it it could be easy for something like that to happen because me as a police officer as i'm as i'm thinking about it me as a police officer it's a good thing that there's training that is involved correct i see you as a criminal running into a house and you just committed this crime you are identified as a person that committed this crime i am on the scene shortly after you commit this crime and people are pointing you out and you flee into this house i'm thinking i'm going in after you <laughs> yeah and, and and that is the natural instinct um that anybody would have you don't want this person to get away right um as much as the instinct of the person who is being pursued is to get away and do whatever they need to do to not be apprehended. And we're humans. Yes. We're human beings. Police officers are humans. Criminals are humans. Um, and that's why training is important. Um, listen, I am not s- sitting here with you tonight telling you that I've got it right all the time. Um, mm-hmm. I have made mistakes. Um you know, I have done. You know, I have done things that I regret. Not break the law, but you think I could have done this differently. I could have right. spoken to this person differently. Um, it's it, it's we're humans. Yes. Um, but that is why training is so important. But also, character is important. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And maturity is an important element in doing what we have to do. Now, I'm not saying that, I mean, yeah, it is important. All these um, elements, features are important. And that is why the process of um, recruiting officers is so tedious and uh, time-consuming and background checks and all this kind of stuff because you want to find the right candidates who will perform in a manner that is uh, more than normal, <laughs> really. You know, it, when you talk about candidates for for to be police officers, law enforcement, I, I'll probably have to get Chief Stanley back on the broadcast for that one <laughs> so that uh, none of y'all end up getting into trouble um, because th- there is, is, is talk of people joining the police force and they come in having issues and I, I know we're stringing a little bit off topic here but you know people will forgive me they come into the police force with issues and because the police force needs people, they take them and they end up graduating and going out on the street and, and, and carrying these issues with them onto the streets. Some of them are violent tendencies or they're, they're, they're ex-military but they have war trauma. And by the way, in in your twenty plus years, your twenty eight and a half years, did was there any military training before that? No, no. Okay, so you're you're one of the exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, um, there are individuals, as as in everywhere else, there are individuals that 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 come with baggage. And I'm not saying that any particular police force is doing it because individuals may end up with baggage while on the job. They came in fine and they developed whatever on the job. Yes. And so now they're, they're, they're operating with, with these, these extra baggage, these extra issues that really have no business playing a part in the job in executing their, their, their role as law enforcement. So, you know, it's, 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 it's good to know that the, the, the training part happens. And I'm not trying to, 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 to paint you guys in a corner at any point in time when you're on this broadcast at all. The, the purpose of this broadcast is actually because I keep hearing how Lauder Hill police officers happen to be some of the best officers around town. Because the Lauder Hill community is saying it. Not just, not just the police officers are saying it, but the Lauder Hill community is saying it. Let, let me just add something. Um, the... The the and I can only speak of Lauder Hill. Yes, um, I know that the recruitment is very stringent um, because I know that my chief um, and the command staff they want the best 
for Lauder Hill. I can say that 100% with confidence. Mm-hmm. And I can only speak of Lauder Hill. Right. Um, there are lots of applications, and I know that, you know, they sift through because they're looking for the best to serve the community that we, we, we serve. Let me also add that with training, sometimes, no, many of the times, training is good, but what's, what's an added ingredient to making up the whole police officer is exposure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with the officers, and I can only speak about Lauder Hill, right. exposure to the community. That's why there is that community policing kind of thrust, because you get to know the people you serve. Right. And by doing that, you can understand the different dynamics, the different attitudes, the different views, the different, just the difference in the community we serve. And exposure does a great, it has a great role in making that police officer as wholesome as wholesome as he or she can be. So training is good because you can be in a classroom and you can get it all the, the answers correctly, but you also have to deal with people. And right. I believe certainly at Lauder Hill and, uh, you know, officers are, 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 are good officers because they are exposed to their community. They're encouraged to be out in the community and understand the people they're dealing with. So yeah, that's pretty much it. That's what I can say. Yeah. And and you know, uh, from what I hearing from from Lada Hill, it 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 is true, and um, you you guys live up to that expectation, and 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 the community thanks you for it, and and you know when 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 you have people like and I'll call her name all the time, Debbie Bano, um, who is well known and loved in the Lada Hill community, you know, yes. it's it, it's a, it's a prime example. Yes, and even though as a retired officer, she's still active in the community. So yes, yeah. But all right, going back to the matter at hand. <laughs> yes, yes. So we digress. the The warrant, after going through all the necessaries to receive the warrant, yeah. In executing the warrant, it's different with whether it's a search or an arrest warrant. Correct. Search warrants have to be specific to locations, whether it be a yes. vehicle or a, a, a unit in an apartment complex or a house. Yes. Has to be specific to that, and the to, to to in the probable cause, to make sure you have probable cause, you have to do the required legwork. You can't yes. go to you can't present the information to your superior and say, "Well, you know, I am thinking that." <laughs> No, <laughs> I haven't noticed. I haven't gone to the judge yet, because you still have to pass your supervising officer. Correct. So the the the, you know, I have a hunch. <laughs> no, nope, that's no. not gonna fly. No. Got you. And in executing the warrant, announcing. In the state of Florida, it is required in most cases Correct. that you announce your presence and what you're there for. 
And once you make contact with the person who will authorize you to enter the house, you know, you have your search warrant. I'm going to, I, I have a search warrant. You are required to read uh, to the person what is in the search warrant or have them read it. But the, the statute says you read it to the person. Um, what it is you're wanting to go in and look for. And you're also supposed to leave a copy of that search warrant oh. at that resi- at that premise or in the car or with the person who owns the car. Tell me something. In executing a search warrant, are you allowed to destroy property? Uh, um... Under certain circumstances, you may have to destroy property because if you believe, for example, contraband is behind in a in a I don't know in a chest of drawers and you you can't open it and you, that's where you're you know that drugs are hidden, then you have to destroy it. You may there may be a key to open it and you ask for the key and it says. Asman, I don't have the key, um, or I'm not giving you the key, then you you can destroy it, yeah. Now, I asked <laughs> that question, because we're going to go rewind the tape a few years back in another state. Yes. So, we're going to go to 1999 in Oklahoma. And a man is killed in a carjacking and a a white man in a suburban neighborhood of Oklahoma City is killed in a carjacking and a black man is accused of doing it and they get warrants to one, search the premises for the murder weapon and two, an arrest warrant for the young black man. Yes. And they tear this man's family's house to pieces. Mattress is tossed out the upstairs bedroom onto the lawn. The 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 the, the sheetrock, the walls ripped open. Um, food in the pantry destroyed. And I'm not making this up. This is this is real. Um, the young man name the young man's name is Julius Jones. He had a commutation hearing this morning, and went on to the second phase. And we're in Julius. I'm in Julius Jones's corner. I'll tell you that off the bat. And. <laughs> You, you. I, I spoke with his his sister and best friend just this past week, Wednesday, this last this past Wednesday, um, for the second time. I'm, I was speaking with them and his attorney, one of his attorneys, Dale Bish, and so they they got the got through the first phase of the commutation hearing, but. You can see the documentary. Viola Davis did this documentary, The Last Defense, this docu docu series. And it was aired on ABC 
last year, late last year. Yes. And they totally destroyed this house looking for this murder weapon. And something like a mattress being tossed out an upstairs bedroom window. You know, for me, I'd, 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 I'd hate to think something like that happens today in executing a search warrant. But back then, I guess times have changed and now there are points of reprimand that would be in place when officers go to this extreme. Correct? If you don't mind me asking, what was the murder weapon? Do you know? It was a gun. Okay. Uh, all I can say is that um, the conduct of a search must be um, to the extent that an independent person is satisfied at all means to find the specific property that you're looking for has been taken. So if you're looking for an item that is the size of a... Um, flash drive? If you're, looking for, if, if you're looking for a flash drive, yes, mm-hmm. then the, the, the extent of the search is going to be more extensive that, as opposed to looking for a... Uh, a, 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 a washing machine. Got you. Yeah, I, understandable. So you're not going to look under the bed for a washing machine. That's that don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you're not going to pull up a mattress to look for a washing machine. Um, so you know there, and when you're conducting a search. It must be to the extent that is required to find the item of property, depending on what it is. But also, the conduct of a search must be done in a way where you respect the people that reside in that home or premises. There should be that respect because you're, you know, um, grandma, husband, or wife may live in there with their children. You know, you you, mm-hmm. you need to show respect and. Mm-hmm. You're just doing your job. Um, as long as they don't get in the way and um, obstruct the execution of your duties, then you do that with respect. You communicate with respect and you leave the premises um, as uh, at least destroyed as, is, as you're able to or as you're allowed to. Listen, Richard, I encourage you to watch this documentary. <laughs> In fact, I, I I saved the original documentary. ABC did a, a, a revised version of the documentary and added some information. I had saved at the revised version, and you can see it um, if you go to the website. Yeah. Um, JusticeforJuliusJones.com. So if you go to the website, you can see the, the three-part documentary. They tore up this house. I'm talking about and 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 if you if you go back to listen to 
my broadcast, my initial broadcast with Antoinette Jones and and uh, Jimmy Lawson. Antoinette talks about um, pancake syrup being and ketchup being and, and, and toothpaste being squeezed out of bottles out of their containers to that extent. Unopened cereal boxes destroyed in a, in the kitchen. The pantry destroyed. The the whole interior of the house tore up. And and some of it is even on the videos. Ridiculous. So I'd I would hate to think that in today's date, when uh, executing a search warrant, things like that happen. But as you said, depending on the item that is being searched for, yes. it could possibly could quite possibly lead to that. Yes. And I don't know the circumstances, so yeah. I can't comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I no, I get that. But just that 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 caveat right there, you know, it's 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 important to know. <laughs> yes. Wow. But at the end of the day, you're required as officer of the law to still respect the rights of an individual and treat them like human beings and their property with respect also. Yes. Boy, you have you guys have a tough task. <laughs> hey, I I tip my hat to you guys all the time, man. but no, after this, I tip my hat some more because when you look at a gun crime where there's a murder victim and you're chasing you're chasing down leads and you're being directed to a specific location <clears throat> excuse me to find an item and you're 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 told without a doubt that the the murder weapon you're looking for is inside this premises i'm guessing that emotions will run high and and there would be this this sense of determination to, to to find this weapon and i guess by at that point you're going to employ the by any means necessary philosophy within the law and you remember you know we have homes to go to and uh, when i say that you know in executing our duties you know, we want to go home to our families. And so we will do or should do what is legally necessary to protect ourselves. Um, and as much as we also need to protect others, we also have to protect ourselves and our colleagues. But if you're feeling um, like you are doing the right so, thing. Yeah. So it's important that we all remember that. Yeah, but and just what I'm saying, if you're feeling like you're doing the right thing, mm -hmm. you know, in your hearts of hearts, what you're doing is for the greater good. It is the right thing, and you need to do what you're doing to do your job effectively. Yeah. Then you're going to go home with a sense of of 
especially if you do find what it is that you're looking for, you're going to go home with a sense of, of, of victory, a sense of accomplishment. You know, yeah, accomplishment, accomplishment is a good word, but, you know, I don't know. I'm thinking to myself, you have victims who leave their homes in the morning and never think that certain things would happen to them. Right. And you look at what happens because somebody feels that his, it's his or her right to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And those victims are looking for help. They're looking for someone to provide them, to provide justice. Right. That's what it's all about. You know, so it's not so much, I don't know if the word's accomplishment, but it's about, I don't know, I can't think of the word, but people need support. People need justice. And so when you, when you achieve that for others, it's a good feeling. It still is a good feeling for me. And probably that's why I'm still doing this, but mm-hmm. you know, People need justice. Yeah. People, you know, some people don't, well, not some people, people don't deserve the things that happen because they never ask for it. And someone just thinks they can do what they want, how they want, and they feel they they should get away with it. No. Let me ask you a personal question, Richard. Yeah. How do you separate the emotion from the job requirement? Um, don't take things personally. Very important. Do not take things personally. Um, try your best to just, uh, separate yourself from the person and just deal with the facts. Mm -hmm. It's important also to remember my job, a police officer's job is not only to prove someone's guilt, but it also involves proving their innocence. Mm. Yes. This is true. It, it's to prove, to prove or to disprove. And so if you approach your investigations with that in mind, then you can be balanced in how you make your decisions. It's difficult sometimes, trust me, because some people, you know, the way they carry on, you just think, why? But you've got to separate <laughs> yourself. No, I'm yeah. telling you. Yeah. You know, the way some people carry on, it's, it's, you know, you just think, all right, that's what you want. But you've got to obviously hold yourself back and remember that, you know, you are an officer of the law and you've got to uphold the law and separate yourself from the emotions, despite all the cussing you get and the disrespect. Because there's still people out there who do respect and need you to do your job or need us to do our jobs. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to talk to you off the air about some of those emotional separation um, (laughs) (laughs) situations, you know, uh, but I won't won't pressure you know. Yeah. Let me just close on the search warrant just to let you know, just to let your view, I'm sorry, I'm saying your viewers. Well, there are some viewers too. Oh, Okay, just to let you know that when you execute a search warrant, um, you are also required to complete what is called a search warrant return and inventory. So what that means is you list what you take from the property. Mm -hmm. You should list that 
on a rec on record and you could you should leave a copy at the place that you search for the person to know what you've taken and that inventory should be clerked at the court with your warrant so okay. there's a record um because you know we may take things you don't know what we've taken um so we need to show what we've taken why we've taken it and um it's held in securely at the police department as part of the investigation and if it transpires later on that we don't need that particular item then it should be returned to you or it won't be returned to you subject to what the investigation involves um and after that you you also need to return the executed warrant so that executed warrant um needs to be returned with the inventory and if you don't execute a warrant and it's unexecuted it should also be returned um to the clerk to the clerk of the court so in the case of a search warrant that 10 days goes by yeah you need to hand it over on the 11th you day to, you need to hand it back to the clerk you should return and let me read for you if if unexecuted the officer who obtains a warrant is responsible for its return to the clerk of the court within 10 days after issuance the concerned officer may request that the judge seal the unexecuted warrant to protect information and investigative techniques which otherwise would become public record prior to arrest or seizures of evidence so you don't get to execute that search warrant you have to return it you can request mm-hmm. that that be sealed and i guess we would probably have to do another one to talk about a sealed warrant what, what that is and and how that goes but do you then or can you then request another search warrant if or you there can ex- is, or you can uh, uh, request an extension on the one that you had before no you'd have to apply for another search warrant got you um because the circumstances may have changed which would require new information that has led you now to feel that you have to get a search warrant again got you so those that information should be detailed in the application well detective richard clark i want to thank you for hanging out with us tonight thank you for sharing your expertise with us and uh, we do hope you 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 uh, i have not yet been disappointed with the Lauder Hill Police Department, um, with any representation from the Lauder Hill Police Department that I've had on this broadcast. Okay, thank you. And yeah, you have represented well, as the other officers have. Um, Sergeant Chanty Sims, Lieutenant Mike Santiago, Chief Constance Stanley. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've 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 had the, the luxury, the privilege of having you all on to represent Lauder Hill Police Department and the Lauder Hill community, also, because you also represent them, not just the police department, but the community. Yes. Yes. And kudos to you guys. Thank you. Thank you for Thank the you. information that you've shared with us. I I truly, truly, truly appreciate love <laughs> every bit of this lesson. <laughs> you mind if I call you Kevin? Not at all. That's my name. All right. Kevin, I, just wanna, <laughs> I want to thank you and also thank your listeners and viewers for um, 
given me the opportunity tonight to share um, what I do. I don't know all the answers, but if I if I uh, don't have an answer, I can always find someone who yes who will. Well, I I think you represented well, and um, you presented uh, you you had backup information. So, yes. <laughs> you know, you had a little backup right there, which is, 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 is a good thing. It's always a good thing to know that, you know, police officers, whether uh, patrol or detectives, you, you, you're walking with your guidebook. I'm a really cool back at TV now. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody can say, you know, what you're just shooting off the top of your head and, and coming up with, with, with arbitrary responses. No, no, no. You're, you, you, you came prepared. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. And you have a great night. You take care of yourself and we'll chat some more. All right. You too. Thank you, everyone. And have a good night. Okay. We'll definitely be in touch. All right, sir. God bless. All right. Blessings. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it for community and finance tonight. Um, Detective Richard Clark of the Lauder Hill Police Department. We were talking warrants. And I guess it's a much-needed topic to, 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 to cover. So if you have any questions, go ahead. Um, post it on your comments. In, in uh, Oh, the podcast is now up. So you have the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew podcast that is available on most podcast platforms. It's on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast. Um, it's 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 hosted on Anchor.fm, that podcast platform. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's on you can get it on Audible by Amazon. You can get it on Amazon Music on Audible. You can get it. Have I left out anywhere? I don't think I've left out anywhere. Uh, if, but go on anchor.fm and it'll show you a list of places that you can listen. What is not included on there is TuneIn Radio also. TuneIn Radio has a podcast also. So you have all these these different places to check out the podcast. Do subscribe. Uh, do contribute to the podcast. You also have YouTube where you can go back and, and view the broadcast. So you have all these options available. And as soon as KevinStew.com is back up, there will be links to all of them on the website. Okay? So as we close out the night, we have a little bit of musical therapy. And, well, before that, let me just hit on some quick commercials and then we'll be right back and close out with musical therapy. Pulsey Media Group, innovative streaming and recording, has done it again. A new way to get your business in full view of your neighborhood consumer through AdShare TV. It's available in your neighborhood today. It's easy. Just call us, 754-999-6020. Become a host today and place a TV monitor in a strategic location so it's easy to see. Get a one-minute video ad or longer that plays anywhere in our network. Can't be a host? No problem. For a few dollars, we'll run your 30-second video ad. A host can run announcement specials like buy one, get one free, or discount ads. Let's turn your flyers into a 30-second video with music, or a voiceover, or let us create and run your video ad with a spokesperson. Take advantage of our early enrollment discount. Join us today. Your ad will be seen at least 30 times per day in your AdShare TV neighborhood. 
It's easy. Just call us. 754-999-6020. Add Share TV. Part of Pulse Media Group. Check out I Red Funks on Reggae Global Radio every Saturday at 8 p.m. with Kev Stew. Where I'll give you a pre-life, brand new, good for you. Kick it like a ball if you don't see a dance hall. You hear that? It takes an entire village to raise a child. Hello, I'm Paul Campbell, here to talk about Palace. Peace and Love Academic Scholarship. This nonprofit group supports students facing serious obstacles from entering or continuing their studies, not because the grades are failing, but due to the lack of financial support. Over the past eight years, Hallis has awarded 600 scholarships valued at approximately 50.3 million Jamaican dollars or 415,000 U.S. dollars. Together, we must build a better future for our children. Please visit www.palace1.org and make your donation to brighten the future of a deserving child. Palace, preserving young minds for posterity. Greetings and salutations, one and all. You're invited to tune in to the Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The Night Shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. I'm representing for DJ Kevin's too working on the night shift the night shift radio show won't go changing like the weather just to please the devil never will DJ Kevin's too sell his soul that's a word and honor it's Christine to representing word and honor Celestia DJ Kevin's too Jam don't cry, walk with a Bible or a bone by your side. Better as I go up in this Yakidian ride. Every street, every lane, uptown to get to. The one love concept, you don't know that is the motto. We know why, you know more, and the guns are echoes so from bow. Your corruption better let go. The gang say, Welcome to Jam Rock, yeah, that's where we be at. The greatest little place on earth. But them no say that, no harm, and no freak, no pervert, and no weed that at times can be the promise. More time red still are the place to be Just when they are that we know are no more youth I grow without father Hustle in the streets cause things not cheap 
yard of Hindu never find a place so sweet like on a yard. Rough time the ends no beat, and man of time me feel like can't beat. But me no do it 'cause if I want it, and a fucker eat something I go burn. Still me give thanks, say me no tweet, and no for we still a hold the fate. Free up the ganja before it's too late. From this a system, yeah we have to break it, microphone everything, even if you migrate. No one you have the every hill, every flat, each and every side. Every Jamaican with that jam done pride Walk with a wife and a gun by your side Better a gun up with this Yankee and ride Every street, every lane, uptown to ghetto The one love concept, you don't know that is the motto We know why, you know more of the guns Wanna thank you each and everyone for hanging out with us Wanna thank the gremlins for popping by Politician, more action and less speech And keeping us on our toes, you know The zone of Jap Patriot, the, tra- the track is called Blind Justice Mothers of the rock and then picnic can go preach For minimum wage, the ends the meat Mama go and kill the smile because the nation she eat Six minutes before the top of the hour. I want to thank you each and everyone for hanging out with us once again. We need some more industries, less tourist resorts and some more factories. Wanna say thanks to the affiliates. Island Worldwide in New York. NIE Radio in New Jersey. One Harmony Radio in the UK. WGLRO out of Texas. ClintonLindsay.com, the Foundation Radio Network here in South Florida. Oliwap Radio and Dusik Media Group. PEMGTV.com. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to Jamrock, yeah, that's where we be at The greatest little place on earth But them no said that no harm and no free The Zone of Japatriot The track is called Blind Justice More time for it, still at the place to be Just for the other As I close out in the musical therapy mix want to encourage you to look out for members of your community Your community is not just a development that you live in But it spreads far and wide So those that you pass on the bus, on the plane, on the boat or the train Whether you walk, ride or drive These are members of your community Do something good for one of them today Because you never know who's going to do something good for you tomorrow Speaking of tomorrow It's healthy love night tomorrow And I don't know if y'all heard it yet What the CDC is saying If you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated Do the COVID uh, anti-vax The, 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 the COVID vaccine uh, Then you can gather without masks So you all have to be fully vaccinated Before this can happen So if you've never had the vaccine But you've never had the virus Who can you hang out with? This is novelty. Her former number one called Keep It Moving. Jigo would say keep it moving and grooving.
Producer husband of novelty. What a dynamic duo they are. This is new music from Dirt Wisdom. And this is how I leave you tonight. It's called Kissing You. Beautiful arrangement, if you ask me. Yeah. Maybe this time, together we must be. G. Cole had a chat with Dart Wisdom today. Time. And y'all can check that out on Homegrown with G. Cole. Tonight's the night we will share. Turn off the lights, come close to me. Tell me I'm all you ever For me, see. I say good morning, good afternoon, good day to you wherever you are in the world. From right here in South Florida, good night. Salutations one and all. You're invited to tune in to the night shift with DJ Kevin Stew. It airs on Mondays with Community and Finance, Tuesdays with Healthy Love, and Wednesdays with Real Talk from 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern Time. Come spend some time interacting in the stew pot where we keep things bubbling and wind down in musical therapy. The night shift with DJ Kevin Stew is on kevinstew.com where you're encouraged to have acceptance through enlightenment. <laughs>